Hey guys, it's Kathy. So I thought it might be fun if every Tuesday I were to bring you behind the scenes for a casual conversation about stuff that's going on in life, in business, marriage, parenting. So we're going to do that once a week and I'll get to share with you some of the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the challenges. Maybe I'll bring a team member of mine on sometimes and we'll talk about how things are going if we just launch something, you know, what were sort of the, the ins and outs of what was really cool about it, what we learned. Maybe I'll bring on a friend of mine and we can talk about how we're, we're navigating certain things in our life or in our marriages. And sometimes I'll bring on my husband and we can talk about how we're growing together or what's going on that's really actually hard for us. But uh, these are the things that I just feel like sometimes I really want to share with you and I don't always get to share them with you when I'm interviewing a guest. So every Tuesday, I'm going to be bringing you behind the scenes, up close and personal into all the things that are sort of making up my life beyond just sitting down and interviewing incredible people. Hope you enjoy it. I'm glad to be spending an extra time with you every week. So let's get to today's episode. Hi. Hi, 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 hi. You look great. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? This looks so exciting. It feels I feels like a you. virtual reunion. I miss seeing you. Exactly. Likewise. I miss you too. <laughs> How have you been? Oh my God. So much. We have so much to catch up on. I, yeah. I'm so proud, inspired by you. <sighs> and I know you're like, I just asked you about you, but I'll, te- I'll DM you and text you what's been going on. Um, cause I want to make this about you because really making Aww. it about you now is going to be really making it about everyone listening because you are so inspirational and you know this, um, and I just can't wait to dive in. So first of all, should we tell everybody a little bit about the journey of how we met? Let's do it. Let's do it. Back Let's in the day. It. How, yes. how many years was it? Four? Uh, four, 2017. I, I, yeah. September, 2017 was when I first started your class, but I knew you a couple months before then, I was like internet stalking <laughs> and just watching everything I could find out about you. Um, I, I remember this because I even uh, talked about it in like in my book that um, I was crying at work. I was trying not to cry because you were sharing your story on this webinar. And I just, I, it was so relatable. And it was like, this is how I'll win. This is how I'll um, continue my career. This is how I'll fund my career. And um, yeah, so yeah. And you did. <laughs> And I did. And I did. Yeah. Your class was everything. Thank you so much. I'm forever grateful. Like the stuff that I learned, it just can't be taken away. Like it was so empowering. Just the whole direct pitching, like everything that you spoke of, it was just how I wanted to move. It was exactly what I needed. And I'm just grateful. That's all. That's all I can say. I'm so grateful to you. And you know, this could look like and it, it could look to people like, oh, Kathy wanted to bring on a student to promote herself and her Nope, nope, nope. I am so in awe of you and anyone who knows you rises because they know you. You know Mm -hmm. that. And so I've continued to look for opportunities to champion and shine a light on you. And we've gotten to do it a few times, bring you up on stage and you're just so incredible. And so I want to talk, I saw that you put out your book and you know, you, you and I were messaging and I was like, I have to bring you on. We have to tell this whole story because I was thinking today as I was driving home today that if I did that whole song, right, you know, for those of you who are just watching who are like, what, is, what are they talking about? So 
for 10 years, I was writing music for film and TV. And then I started teaching other songwriters how they could do that too. And I was driving home today, tomorrow, thinking that if I taught that whole class and it was just for you to wind up mm. doing what you're doing it, then it was worth it. Absolutely. Um, because you're not only, you're not a look at me person, you're a come with me person. You're mm. like, so here's what's going on. And I, I want it, I want it for you and I want it for you. And so then you just being you full tilt boogie turned the volume all the way up. It, it's been, you've unleashed so many other people. So I want to talk about it. And I happen to know a little bit of your story and where you were at the time. And people will come to me and say, you know, I want, I want my next year to be so epic, but here's the deal. I've got this going on, that going on. I don't have the time and all the resources, whatever it is. And you were like, cool. So here's what I want to see happen. Here's what's, what's going on. This is the inventory of my life, my time, my resources, and I will make that happen because it's a decision. Success yeah. is a decision. I've just made that decision. And so it is. And so it will be. So we're going to talk about your book. And for anybody who's listening, who's an artist, who wants to follow a dream, who has something inside of you, this is going to be for you. And for anybody here who is particularly in the music space, you're going to probably learn some extra cool things today as well. But I think that this is pertinent to anybody's journey. So let's go back a little bit and then we'll dive into uh, what you've extrapolated, the wisdom, right? But let's yeah. just tell a little bit about where you were, mm -hmm. what you were doing for a job, okay? And then what actually transpired. Yeah, so I was, I, I, I don't like to talk about this too much, but at that point I was in a like state of depression because um, I was an accountant, I was a CPA, I was great at it. I was absolutely killer at it and I hated every moment of it because I had found music and I couldn't figure out how to get out of it and be able to pursue music. I would have taken the biggest pay cut. They could have said like, if, if my rent was only $5 a month, then I would have took that job and I would have just did that so that I could just pay my rent and do music. That's how passionate I was about it. It wasn't about the money because I was pretty good with the accounting. Um, but I couldn't pursue my passion. I couldn't figure out how to do music with music. And there was a course that you offered. It was how to make money in music with Kathy and Ari. And I got to the third module. That was the only chapter that you taught. <laughs> and when I got through it, I stopped that course. I, I knew then what I was going to do. And then I start, started looking you up online. Like everything, any video, any interview I could find, anything that you taught about sync, I knew sync was the way and I knew you were going to teach it to me. And I found a webinar of yours and saw that you were teaching a class. And I was like, this, this is magic. This is not, um, this is not by accident. This is on purpose. And so I signed up for the class. It was like, I don't need testimonials. I don't need sales pitch. I already know she's going to teach me. She's going to show me how to win. And you did exactly that. Like you literally just opened the floodgates for me. And I liked what you said too about come with me. Even like right now, there's a, a commercial that's open for, for Sonnet. So I have some of her music and I'm pitching some of her music. And it's, for me, it's not even, even all of the collabs that I do, I collaborate with so many producers because I know that they maybe don't want to pitch. I know that they maybe don't know how to pitch. And so the more people that I have and the more songs of mine that I can make win, it's going to still benefit those people. Um, and so that's my mindset with it. That's my thought process behind it. And that's even why I wrote the book because I didn't want people to feel like, oh, she wrote this book and she's winning and that doesn't work anymore. I'm doing exactly what I have in the book. So I need you to read it now and I need you to apply it now. I need you to collaborate now and I need you to create more music now. And it's, 
it's that sense of urgency I have with it. Um, and I'm, I'm trying not to shove the book down people's throats because I know some people tend to back off when they feel like, oh, 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 no, this is a sales. I, I, I want you to know that I'm doing what I have in the book right now. And I'm willing to share it because I learned a lot of information online. Like even before I took your course just about the music business and I, the book doesn't, it covers sync, of course, the strategies that I have in there are for sync, but it covers too just kind of the promo and things that indie artists need and or don't need um, more so. Um, and I feel like it can help so many people. And like yeah. you said, like if the course that you taught, if it only benefited me, it was still worth it. If this book benefits one person, if I can make yeah. one indie superstar out of it, I know it'll be worth it. And so yeah. that's why I, I want to highlight her out and circle so, just so we're all clear about what she just said is that she was a CPA. Okay. And yeah. it was, she's, she's been great at that for a long time and she wasn't living you weren't living in New York city where people make music. Sometimes you weren't living in Nashville. You weren't living in Los Angeles. Okay. You're doing accounting full time and living at the time. I feel like you were living in North Carolina. Maybe you're still living in North Carolina. I, I was on paper, but I technically was living in a hotel. So I traveled for work 100% of the time. I was never home. Um, Even harder. Okay. So she's consulting yeah. as an accountant, as a CPA full time and coming to terms with the, the, the reality, which is I need to do music. I don't, you use the word depressed. You didn't feel, you didn't feel like you were in a, a good mental place, right? I was and not happy. Yeah, I just wasn't happy. No, type a one in the chat if you can relate to knowing that the gifts inside of you are dying and you don't feel aligned. You don't feel like yourself. And you said it wouldn't have mattered the pay cut if I could just do music because what do we what do we know? The greatest regret of the dying is I didn't live life on my terms. And you felt tomorrow. You felt like this isn't me. Like I didn't. Yeah. God did this in my heart. For me to sit here and be a good accountant and as gay hendrick says we often see people playing in their zone of excellence and very few people play in their zone of genius and you knew mm. this but i didn't come to the world to be excellent i came to the world to be great and my greatness lies in my real gift right so i want people to hear what you did because she didn't have the free time she didn't have the extra money to go record. So what did you wind up doing? Explain to people how you wound up figuring out how you were gonna find the time, how yeah. you were gonna make the music, even if you looked at your calendar and said, well, I'm traveling and working full time as a CPA. How did you figure that out? I would write songs on lunch breaks. I would sometimes, if I had enough time, I would actually extend my lunch breaks. I was like breaking rules, of course. Um, I would extend my lunch breaks and try to record if I could like get a free hour. I would at night record definitely after work. I would stay over on the weekends and record. I would do admin like during the day. So like I said, I was really good at my job. So as long as I met the deadlines, they didn't care if they saw me with headphones on and whatever else I was doing at work. I was like listening to uh, conference uh, seminars, like anything online panels I could find, interviews about sync, like whatever learning information, I would do it while I was at work. So I could just have on my headphones because they let you listen to music or whatever. And then during lunch breaks after work, I would record. And sometimes at work, I would do the admin. So like if I need to register songs for PRO, copyright songs, emails, whatever, interviews, meetings, all that stuff I would try to do during work too. Uh, it was it was really hard. I did it for a while. <laughs> I had to do it for a long time because I needed, I, I had quit before. And it didn't work out that well. And I, I needed to go back to accounting to raise more money. So I said, this time I can't quit. Like I need to 
I need to stay yeah. until I replace the income with music. And so I yeah. held on as long as I possibly could. Um, and I quit during the pandemic, actually. Uh, July 2020. <laughs> hey, you were so smart because I remember about a year or a year and a half before that I offered you a job because you had already been mm. crushing like do you want to come while you're doing music also work inside this music course and you were like Kath I love you and I am so focused on being able to quit this damn day job that I'm saving this little extra bit and I can already tell because of what I've already made for music that if I can just mm -hmm. hold the line six more months, I'm going to freaking quit. And then I'm going to be able to just make the music full time. And I was like, you do you. I was so proud of you. You were so clear. Nothing was going to stop you. And I want to highlight something else about you. Because this really comes to the crux of the matter, I feel like. You just talked about making the music and spending your lunch breaks writing music. And you did. And I remember witnessing you writing and working on your craft, right? And you were putting in, as Malcolm Gladwell would say, the 10,000 hours, you were putting in the time. Mm -hmm. And there comes a point where when we make something, we now have to put it in the world. We have to make the offer. We have to reach out, right? Nobody's gonna come. If you build it, they won't come. They don't know that you just made something, right? And mm -hmm. so in the programs that I teach, there's always the point where it's like, it's time to accept that you might be uncomfortable now and you're going to have to show up in the world. And like you said, directly start pitching. I remember when I came to LA and everybody had agents and I said, nobody wakes up, even your agent, no one wakes up in the morning thinking about you as much as you do, right? Oh my God, so true. But you don't want your mom pitching you, right? So <laughs> I said, you're gonna have to start pitching and who's stopping you from calling the buyer directly? You call Netflix, you call HBO, you call Paramount, you call Ogilvy. And I remember watching you light up and you actually went ahead and did what I said, right? And there was a few of you who did. Mm -hmm. And so I wanna talk about that because here's where people get so in their shame. Who am I to call? I feel so unworthy. And it's like, dude, you wound up turning around and getting placements for Hulu. You wound up turning around getting placements for other artists in the program because you had the confidence to show up and say, I'm going to make the call. And you did. And let's mm -hmm. talk about that because that is where I think so many talented people, you can have talent, but execution wins. You can Absolutely. have talent, execution. Um, so even before I finished your course, I started pitching the music. Um, I've always been a believer that the answer is already no. The answer right now is no. Whoever it is I want to reach out to, it's no. So if I don't reach out, I already got my answer. I have to reach out and find out if that's final answer. So, so uh, I got my final answers and it wasn't always no. And, and when it was no, it was cool because it was no anyway. So I had nothing to lose. There was only upside. And I went with that thought. I went with that mindset. And I always expect to fail. I always expect to get nothing in return. So that way I'm not feeling disappointed. Um, before I found Sync, I was, there was a lot of disappointments when like a show or something would get canceled or an interview or something would get canceled. There was never any disappointment with Sync because I knew it was just a matter of time. If I couldn't reach the music supervisor right now, give them three years of my emails and they're consistently in their inbox of new music. They'll open it eventually. And I would see it work. I would see three years later. I would see four years later, like, wow, I've been pitching you since the beginning and you've been receiving them and you've been ignoring me and it's cool because I got your ears now and that's all I need. <laughs> And I won't disappoint you because I've been practicing on my music for four years. So now you're getting the best of me. 
It's so yeah. incredible. I, I, I remember saying to so many artists and, and creatives when they would come and ask me questions, I'm like, I'm going to tell you the truth. There is no way in hell that I am the most talented person. There are a hundred people I could list in one minute that run circles around me, but I will show up and make the call, right? Mm -hmm. Like even mm -hmm. when my hand is shaking, I won't mm -hmm. allow fear to put me back in the corner. I'm going to make the call. It's okay for me. And I'm going to, to take that road less traveled. And so yeah. did you. Right. And yeah. so did you. And that's such an incredible perspective. What you just said, the answer is already no. So let's just like, mm -hmm. let's get on with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And one thing that you do that I think that we, we have this in common is we both love on people so much that you make everybody's day better just by walking in the room. Like you mm -hmm. literally, your energy is so fierce and loving and enthusiastic. And you you said collaboration already three times and we've only been on for a few minutes. You're like, Awesome. I can take that. I can work with that. I can add to that. I can actually get you something. Even if it's not for me, I'd be happy to see you win. Right. I always felt that way too. So I felt like, what would I be worried about making this call to this person, this buyer? Because at the very least, I could be someone actually interested in making their day a little better. Maybe if I don't have the music for them, I would know someone who could. So I could actually solve their problem. So why would I, why would I be afraid of being generous to someone? If I found right. someone's wouldn't I call and say, I just found your wallet. Absolutely. So tell everybody about your first big win. Like tell mm -hmm. us about one of your first big wins. Cause I got to witness, I had a front row seat. So it was pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. And what did that feel like? Uh, it, it felt like magic. So, and, and the beauty of it was that it was direct. It was everything that you had taught me to do in the class. It was, I wasn't even thinking about an agent then. It was like, I'm going to pitch the music. I'm going to make sure that I cannot blame my success or failure on anyone else but me. And so I'm going right. to pitch direct and I'm going to go after it. And it was seven placements. It was in season one of Hustle in Brooklyn. And it was magical. The first placement, I think, was like 12 seconds. They were so slow and enjoyable. <laughs> And so rewatchable. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, that's my voice. And my mother and father was watching, sisters, siblings, nieces, nephews. It was it was magic. It was magic. It was bigger than a Kanye cosign. It was it was all me. It was like it was magic. I, I can't even explain it. And then the amount of motivation that it put in me of, oh, I can really do this. Like before I was, you know, pep talking myself, but I still believed it. And then once it, you see it actually go through, it's like, oh, this is not a dream. This is reality. And I'll, I'll live this. I'll prove it. Um, and I'll do it again so that you know it's not luck, so that you know it's not a mistake and that it's not a fluke. Um, yeah. Exactly. I always say, if it happens once, it's an incident. If it happens twice, it's coincidence. If it happens over and over and over again, there's a pattern, right? There's evidence that something is working. And you've now had, how many placements have you had now? Oh, God, I have no idea. I have two airing today. I haven't even announced them yet. I'm selling some Sunset Tampa. Um, I have an artist uh, tomorrow. I haven't announced that one yet. Then there's another one Friday for another artist. So my placements, I'm sure I'm in the hundreds at this point. Um, yep. But it's, it's beautiful, too, to get to witness other artists, whether they were in the class with me, whether they joined after me, however they found me, get to experience that same amazing feeling that I felt when I got my first placement. And for me to assist in that is, is just as magical as when I did it. <laughs> what did it feel like to finally be able to stop doing accounting? Oh, my God. I was so ready for the moment. Oh, my God. It was such a weight lifted off my shoulder. And I think I, I bug uh, my mother sometimes, too, when I keep mentioning this to her, that 
mom, do you realize I'm working right now? Like sometimes I'll be at, at, at her house and I'll tell her I'm working right now, but I'll just have my laptop with me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just pitching emails. I'm just sending, I'm just responding to quote requests. I'm just sending back whatever documents are needed. I'm just invoicing someone for a placement. And this is my dream and I actually get to do it. And this is work. Like I, I can't even describe the feeling. And then I don't have to do the job that I don't want to do. I can put all that time into doing what I already love. This is magic. <laughs> it is a joy that I can't explain and that I will not take for granted. It's so unbelievable. And I want to say something else, which is you and I both meet women every single day who have a list of reasons why they're not yet good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Not thin enough, they're not tall enough, they're not this enough, they're not that enough, they don't, they're not young enough. I mean, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. what are, like, it, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And since the second I met you, I, it brought tears to my eyes because I saw a girl who gave herself permission mm-hmm. to be who you are mm-hmm. without one ounce of apologizing, without one hesitation around, oh, would you like me better if I was, would you like, no. And so just being around you makes everybody feel, oh, okay, so I can like myself too. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where that comes from in you, but I think that one of the secondary gains for everyone who gets to work with you or see you Mm -hmm. is that you truly embody that. I mean, embody that. What do you have to say to, to women who do that to themselves? who are always thinking that they're not quite good enough until this happens. They change their hair, they change their weight, they change their this. Like, how can people in this moment, in this moment, greet themselves at their door, greet themselves at their own door and say, come here, you're you're good. Like, you're good. You you can show up fully right now. I, uh, I, I wrote a song about it called I Love Me. Um, and it's it's so unapologetic. It's so just showing self-love is a requirement. It is not optional because there are going to be so many people that want to take that love that you have for yourself from you or that want to make sure that you never feel good about yourself. And I even noticed too, like online on social media, I, I posted yesterday, just a bunch of photos. I posted the whole camera roll that I could <laughs> fit on the screen. Um, and I said, I never feel cute because some, some people post online, felt cute, might delete later. I said, I never feel cute. I am cute. I just felt like posting for your viewing pleasure. And, and that's the mindset that you need to take. Like you're, you're not going to lo- allow people to tell you how to feel, how to be, how to do you. You have to love you from the beginning. You have to remind yourself that you are enough, that you are beautiful and everything and anything that you think you can accomplish, you can. You just have to believe it and you have to execute. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like, it is medicine to hear you say that because... I mean, is it true or is it true for those of you listening that that is not something that you hear from every person that you know? It's it's usually quite the quite the opposite. I love the Megan Trainor song "Me Too," and mm-hmm. she's like, "Thank God every day, you know, for making me feel the way I feel about myself." It's like I don't need anybody. I look in the mirror and I'm like, "Hey, girl, like I'm in, I'm in, I'm all in." Where did that go? You know, in Jen Sincero's book, "You Are a Badass," she says. 
one of the biggest issues is we don't give ourselves permission to thrive. We don't give ourselves permission to be rich. We don't give ourselves permission. It's like we have so much guilt and shame around right. liking ourselves, around liking right. what we see here. Wow, is that doing such a disservice? Because here's, here's the big reveal. You can't love other people more than you love yourself. It doesn't work. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. So if you want to put something fierce and powerful in the world, it has to start here. This Absolutely. is the address, the first stocking you got to put something in right here. Mm -hmm. So where do you, especially when it comes to money, right? Because this is where the, the wheels come off for a lot of people. Who am I to make money, right? Oh my God, it's so much money, right? And what about other people who don't have the money? And oh my gosh, who would I be if I'm now showing my success? Right. Where do you come into that conversation? And so instead of guilt, you've replaced that with inspiration for other people rather than playing small, you're playing big and not feeling apologetic and not feeling guilty for playing big. How do you do that? Um, well, one, I definitely think I do it with the, all of the collaborations that I do. I always feel like every time I win, it's not just me winning. Um, it's, it's someone else that I wrote the song with. It's someone else that produced the song for me. It's someone else that mixed the song. Like, because it's, it's not even just the, the monetary amount of money you get from it. The, the people that get to brag and say a song that I had a hand in is on TV or that co-sign even in their business as an engineer or in their business as a recording engineer, whatever it is. Um, but the money is definitely, I'm, I'm not going to brag in a way that you feel bad that you don't have it. I'm going to show you that it's possible to get it. I'm going to tell you how to get it. Like that, that's why I wrote the book. So it's like, there's no excuses now. I get money. That's what I'm going to do. That's just what I do. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to get money. And now it's up to you if you want to get money, because then you can't complain. You can't say, oh, she's taking all the money. No, there's enough money for everybody. If you're willing to work for it, here, it's yours. I mean, that is something that needs to be repeated, I think, to everyone every day. There's enough money for everybody. Mm -hmm. And if you, it's yours. So when you meet artists who come to you, and you've, I'm sure you've seen this, where people have talent, and you're inspired, and you say, make more music. And they say to you, well, I don't have the money for a producer, or I don't have the time because I got to work my job. What do you say to those people? What are you thinking you wish you could say if you had the time to really sit down with them? No, I say it because I'm like, sometimes I'm in a clubhouse convo or whatever. I tell them you're a songwriter too. So you don't have to pay to songwrite. That is absolutely free. Zoom is free. Hop on the meeting and be in the song. You're a part of the collaboration. You're a part of the song. And now you actually have three or four other champions that are going to move the record with you. So you have more opportunity to even get it placed. There's more people with a stake in the game. So there's no excuse. If you don't have recording set up at home, if you can't afford studio sessions, you can write, you got fingers, you can sing melodies, <laughs> you can collaborate. And I always think like, what's the value add proposition that you have? You know, we've had Damon John on the podcast and he was talking about how he built his incredible fashion empire. And he's like, you take inventory, right? What do you have? And so I remember being in LA and not having the money, but I was like, I have enthusiasm, which goes a long way in the studio. And I could potentially, instead of calling and being another artist who wants to work with this producer who's super busy, and I don't have the money to book his calendar, but what I could do is if I made five phone calls to ad agencies, and I got a potential opportunity, then instead of paying this guy to write my mediocre song with me and record it for a day, 
Maybe I come to him with, you know, I just spoke to Young and Rubicam. I just spoke to Arnold Worldwide. I just spoke to Gray. And there's an opportunity for a Christmas song for blah, 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 blah. Do you have a day in your calendar where we could work on this together? Now I don't have to pay you, right? right? And the person comes around and says, you know what? I'm, I'm booked here and here, but you could come in one evening because that sounds like something fun. I want to work on it because it's an opportunity. Now, whether or not we get it or not, right. what is that? Okay, she's a hustler, right? Mm -hmm. She comes with something. And, and those, that, those are the comments I would get from producers, right? They would mm -hmm. say to me, you don't sleep in till one o'clock every day, right? You're, I know that when you leave here with a song, like there actually might be a back end for me because you're not gonna just sit on your, you know, sit on your butt, you're gonna actually make phone calls. And then what would happen is stuff would happen, momentum, things would happen. And so yep. it's amazing how people will just take themselves out of the game with like, I don't have the money. It's like, what does that have to do with it? Right. You're Greatest resource is your resourcefulness. How could you be resourceful, right? And we both love Nick Phelps. I mean, the man is this, he's, he's gold. He's gold. Shout out to Nick. And, and he, you remember what happened is he went to church like three days after coming to my webinar and he was like, oh God. He's like, this girl with freckles, how she showed up in my life, but she's speaking into my heart and I don't have the money to do this program. And what did he say? He's like, he was in school. He's got kids. He's working his job. And he just heard God say to him, like, you're going to figure it out. You have to do this program. And so what did he do? He was like doing DoorDash, Uber Eats, one of those with his kids in the van. Wow. And I said, what did you show your kids wow. by saying, dad is going to figure out how to pay for his dream. And then what happened like six, seven months into this program, he got this, this song in a Nordstrom spot, which right. valid for him which mm -hmm. opened the portal for him like you know what it's not just my parents who love me and tell me i got talent the world is saying it <laughs> and then all the floodgates opened right and he just kept mm -hmm. going and finding all these other ways and that came from the the clarity of not i can't but how could i right let's be resourceful let's make this happen yeah. it's it's so unbelievable like what do you think is needed so that people can make the decision to be successful it, it's the mindset um so your mind is going to control your body at all hours of the day if your mind can't sleep because you're so focused on passion or you're so focused on this music career or this music journey or this music struggle you're going to figure out a way to not struggle you're going to figure out a way to move yourself to the right path you're going to be resourceful like you said find the people find the outlets, find the platforms that will allow you to live your dream. And with the mindset, you just need to be prepared for success. Everybody's mm. so prepared for failure. Failure's a given. If you don't try, it's already happening. Prepare for success. I right now am nervous about how successful I'm going to be because I don't like fame. I don't like, I like privacy. And so I've been trying to figure that out because I'm not going to stop winning just to forsake the fame. I'm not going to stop winning just so that I can keep my privacy. I win because it's in me. I'm going to win. And I, I have to figure that part out. And so that's what I want people to embrace. Embrace the success. Move yourself accordingly. But yeah, it, it's going to happen because I, I live in me. I got chills in my whole body because since I, the second I met you, I, I knew what you just said. And now hearing you say that you you really know and of course you've known and it's so obvious you've known but we both know what's happening it's mm -hmm. like we're it's like we're at minute i don't know 
62 minutes into the King Richard movie, and we, we all know what happens at the end. It's like, we're, we're, we're in minute like 70 now of your life. And like, in about 11 minutes, yeah. we know what's happening. Yeah. And it's so beautiful what you just said, because I'm not going to stop winning because that's who you are. And that's what's in you. And it is coming. And it is it is the biggest fear that people have. It turns out the biggest limit we have is on receiving, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Because when you receive, you have to let go of the ego, right? You have to fully surrender mm -hmm. this, this ego that says, who am I? I'm not good enough. I feel shame around it, right? And there's a model that, that we've had growing up where other people didn't allow themselves to receive. So then we think, oh my God, who do I think I am? Yeah. to allow for all of this mm -hmm. and how beautiful that you are. And now you wrote this book. What was the main thing you wanted people to walk away with? I wanted some artists that are somewhere feeling alone. And like you said, feeling like they have no resources and no money to know that they have the power within them own selves to become a superstar. Um, and I, I, I didn't want to say that phrase and have them flinch or believe like, Oh yeah, what is she talking about? Oh no, that's not possible. Like the the things that I wrote in the book is so that if you decide that you love fame, <laughs> I want you to know you don't need a label, you don't need a marketing budget, you don't need an investor. You just need to focus on sync. It doesn't need to be your primary focus. It doesn't need to be secondary or third in line. It needs to be your only focus. And I'm gonna teach you what you need to focus on. I got, cause I, I'm not gonna teach sync. There are people that have courses and stuff on that. I'm gonna teach you the strategy to use when you get the placements. Um, I'm gonna teach you, you know, what I can about how to get the placements, but it's, I'm happy that this book is out because I know that there are so many people that are gonna benefit from it. Um, there've already been people telling me how it's giving them a clear path of, of what to pursue, how to pursue it, um, what to focus on. Um, and I think we're gonna see some indie superstars out of it. The ones that take uh, action. I would say whether you want to be in sync or not, you should all be following her because you will get this kind of juice every day. So go follow her. <laughs> and if you want to be in the music world specifically, this is a must read. And even if you don't, I mean, for the cost of a book, I would still read it because you could probably reverse engineer how those ideas can apply to whatever it is that you want to do. And what you just said is so true. You don't need a label. I was in the kitchen yesterday singing, I'm on the deep end, watch as I dive in. We're singing like shallow in the kitchen. My daughter mm -hmm. goes, mommy, I forget that you can sing because I don't sing that often. <laughs> you know, was, mommy was sitting with Lady Gaga at Sunset Sounds when I had a record deal. And I was telling mm -hmm. her the story because now she's 10. She knows who Lady Gaga is. And, uh, you know, forever, I, I never really told them that. And I remember being dropped from Interscope and thinking, that's it. That's it. That's all that, that's all that she wrote. That's over. Nothing else is ever going to happen. And it took two years, two years of me breathing air in and out, walking through the day. Wow. Until I went, wait a minute. Why do I need a dude at a record label to put a stamp of validation on me? I don't need that, right? Mm -hmm. We don't need your stinking badges, right? Wasn't that the line from Beverly <laughs> It. I don't need your thing. I'm going to figure mm -hmm. it out. But then it was like, okay, what's a better question? Instead of how do I get a record deal? That's not a good question anymore. Right. Maybe a better question is how do I get to do music without a record deal? And then I started 
my question. I was like, oh, I could license music to film and TV. I had never even thought that thought before. And so I started to go down that road, as you know. But it was an incredible journey to realize that we live in a time right now. Like, look, right this second, I texted you. I said, hey, because we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I said, do you want to do the live today? And you're like, yeah. yeah. So we go on live without any warning to anybody. And there's people here, right? People here to witness, people here to be poured into. Yep. You don't need anybody. You don't need anyone, me and Tamara, to make phone calls to Netflix, to HBO. Nobody, nobody's stopping me from doing that. For me to start a podcast, right, that gets now, now we're at 25 million downloads. Nobody's, oh nobody, nobody gave me permission to do that. For Absolutely. me to book, no one gives you, you it, the world, Time's up on, I can't do that until. Time's up because mm -hmm. it doesn't exist anymore. You don't, it used to be you would need NBC to have a TV show. Now you just pick up your phone, start a YouTube channel. It mm -hmm. used to be, yeah, you would need Simon & Schuster to give you a book deal. Not, not true anymore, right? right. Probably right. better off publishing your own damn book. Right. So this is what you and I are saying. And now you are starting your own. I mean, you're essentially starting your own agency. You can make that anything you want. Like yeah. that's cray cray is what you're actually going to create <laughs> artists that you're collaborating yeah. with. Nuts. Yeah. 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 I'm just overwhelmed by the freedom of being an indie artist. Um, yeah. And I, I used to just respect being an indie artist for the creative control. I was always saying I never wanted a label because I don't want them to tell me what songs to write. I don't want them to write songs for me and then I just sing them. Um, but yeah, it's more so the financial freedom of, from, from a label that, that sync provides just to fund your lifestyle, to fund whatever promo you want to do if you so choose. And you don't have to do it because they will sit your song in front of millions and they will pay you to do that. And, <laughs> and those people will find you. you know, Kathy, do you know how much money I've spent on Facebook ads targeting this? Oh, my music sounds like this. Oh, and you get like two, three fans maybe. Oh, I saw you on an ad. But they put the song, it could be buried under the dialogue. It could be for two seconds. And then they can put it on a Spotify playlist because it's an official show. And millions will listen to it. And they didn't even hear it in the show. Yeah. That is magic. There is no reason for a label. The labels use the placements in the same way that I instruct indie artists to use it. Like, let that be your label. If labels are back-ending off of the placement, the exposure from those placements, why would an indie artist do that? Why wouldn't they align their releases with the placements that they get? Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. I rem and I remember going in, I won't say which label it was, but I was paid by a label to come in and talk to them about placements. And I'm like, you need me to talk to you. You have a whole department of like 20. There's like 20 people sitting there all day long. It turned out when I sat with the sync department, it took like four minutes for us to realize what was happening, which is they have something called MFN, Most Favored Nations. Mm -hmm. So when they would try to get a placement in a Target commercial, mm -hmm. the quote was so high, okay, that often the ad agency would say no. And they're like, how are you getting all of these ads? I'm like, well, I'm not asking for 500 grand a side. I'm not asking right. for 100 grand a side. I'm saying right. 75K all in, let's right. go. Let's do this. Right. That's awesome, right? So. Right. That's what people don't get. So my friends who would be signed to labels, they'd say, I don't get any, any syncs. I'm like, yeah, because you can't command, right? The same fee as Justin Timberlake, but you're, you're on his label, right? Like there right. might be 500 people on that label, but that's the request because yeah. if they change the price for you, 
they're going to circle back and they're going to want a certain amount for whoever it is, Lenny Kravitz, and he's not going to approve that. Right. So it's, it's such a cluster F. It's just like, it's not <laughs> what you, th you don't get what you think that you're going to get out of it. And right. what you said about exposure, I say this to anybody who's watching right now, Tamara and I are saying the same thing, which is more than putting your ads out there. If our song, I remember when my song, the first big license I had for TV was for Pretty Little Liars. Mm -hmm. And what happened the next day is that all these people who were fans of that show, all of a sudden were buying my song and were my fans. Yep. yep. So right now, right? If you're listening <laughs> to this and Gary V says this, he's like, if you are a, if you're a video maker, if you're a digital artist, if you make cartoon mm -hmm. sketches, reach out to an influencer, right? So you could reach out to Gary Vee, you could reach out to me, you could reach out to Tamara, you could reach out to whoever you want, micro, macro audiences, doesn't matter. And how could you get exposure from a person who already has an audience? That's gonna serve you better than trying to market yourself to a, to a blank canvas of people who they don't even know. There are certain people who've already rallied your audience together. And that's what yep. we're talking about comes to sync. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you this one other question because we've talked about this before, but I want to hear your answer. People will say to me, well, it's very convenient that you wound up making a few hundred thousand dollars a year with sync, but you sold out because real artists, um, they don't write for McDonald's real artists. They don't write wow. for target. They don't, they don't care about that. And I'm curious what your perspective is on being an artist who gets paid to be an artist, who's something <laughs> you, right? How do you look at that and, and feel that you can stay true to yourself and be authentic, even if you're being paid by a grocery store, which I know you recently did that whole ad. That was <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, when you when you make music for sync, or when I especially when I make music for sync, it's something that I'm proud to make. I'm proud to say I have made it, regardless of who can benefit from using it. I made it because I like the song. I made it because I think it sounds good. Um, and that's one thing that I always try to do. I, I'm even listening for music that what I'm gonna pitch in my agency. I need to feel like you believed the words that you were singing. I need to feel like because there are, are artists that sing other people's lyrics all day long, right? Somebody can write a song and Whitney Houston can sing it and it's magic. She didn't write the words. Um, and so I don't think artists need to feel like, oh, because I wrote it for a brief, that's not really me. It's in the delivery. It's yeah. in the believability, whatever you're doing in the studio, I need to believe that you felt the lyrics that were on the screen. And then honestly, when music supervisors are licensing music, they want real artists. They don't want music that they think you made to get a placement. When I'm writing for a brief, I'm hoping I don't get that brief because I know it'll work probably more magical for future placement. And then it wouldn't have been written to that brief and that's why it fits or gels so well. But if I, if I get it for the brief, that's good too. <laughs> but that's not my goal. My goal is just to create some other, another song, another lottery ticket, another chance at um, something going, just exploding from one placement. And so that's, that's what I'm always looking to do when I create music. I already know it's authentic. Um, I enjoy making music and it's coming from a place of authenticity because I'm just going to deliver in that, in that way. Yeah. That's a decision too. I'm going to deliver it that way. I, I've said this to you before, but if, if people haven't heard me say this, you know, Michelangelo was commissioned to paint the Sistine Chapel, right? Like 
John Williams and Randy Newman were, were asked, were paid to write these incredible scores for these incredible mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. They weren't told, you know, just come up with whatever you want. They, they sat in an editing bay and watched these scenes and then wrote this music to Toy Story or Jaws or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And there's such a gift in being able to use your talent to tell a story that's bigger than just a specific story, but it's a universal story that you can, you can get behind and find your own resonance with it. And I think especially for a lot of us, we're so focused on ourselves that sometimes we're, don't even, we're not even able to come up with the inspiration. So when you just said you get a brief, what she's talking about, for those of you who don't know music stuff, is we would get, a, we would get a blurb from an ad agency or from a, a movie studio or from a, a, a TV network saying, okay, we're doing a scene, there's two sisters in the scene and here's kind of what we need and, and here's a reference to a track that we kind of like, but this one, we want it to be a little bit more like this and then you write based on that brief, that description. Mm -hmm. And what's such a gift about that is it takes you out of your self, right, for a second and gives you an inspiration like, oh, if it was me writing a song about home or sisters or, or feeling fierce, like, what would I say? How would I say that? Which I think is such a, such a gift. And also it shows empathy, right, where you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want to ask you about is the trap of perfectionism. I'm so glad there, you mentioned this. I'm not going to put anything <laughs> unless I can perfectly play every instrument perfectly like if I if all I can do is write a lyric who am I to go to the studio and I don't think the lyrics are even perfect enough so people get stuck and I remember for myself I would be on the way to meet with Adrian or Kyler or Bill or whoever it was and I'd want to turn the car around because I felt oh. like oh, I'm not going to come up with anything good but I would force myself to not cancel and go mm -hmm. to the studio and sure enough we would mm -hmm. always leave with something so good but it was scary Right? It was a scary feeling of like, oh, I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna be the least, the weakest link there. So how do you deal with the feeling of perfectionism and is this really good enough? And can I really even collaborate? Do I have anything to offer? I, um, so one, for, I'll just say for me personally, and then I'll say for others um, that may be just starting out. So for me personally, I take the word artist to heart. And I always think about if I was a painter and I was stroking on the brush, when I got done with the painting, I would sign my name and it would be in the museum and it'd be up for sale. There'd be no, oh, can you brush a little green over here? Oh, can you add some purple over here? Like, it's like Van Gogh has left the building. This is the painting. You either need it or not. And if you don't need it, cool. There'll be a, some other music supervisor that will need it. And that's how I've always operated. Um, so even when I get feedback, maybe at a listening session or somewhere else, I don't apply it to that song. I'm done with that song. I apply it for future songs. And that's how I can always create because I'm not worried about what I already created. That's done. I'm going forward. And for people that may be just starting and feel like, oh, what can I contribute in the studio? What I like to work with new writers, people that have never written before because they don't have rules. I like to work with people that didn't go to music school. They don't follow rules. They don't know the rules to follow them. And when you follow too many of the rules, you start to live by them. You start to be limited by them. And, I, th and that's why even when I said, when I learn about sync, I'm going to learn just so I know the rules and then I'm going to break them. I, and I still do that with the music. I don't write for sync. I write for me and I know that it's going to be authentic enough where they're going to place it. Um, but yeah. Oh, I like bad ideas and in, in listen in uh, writing sessions because it makes me think of good words. It makes me think of a good replacement. So like work with people that you think you write better than. Work with producers that you think produce better than you. Like work with everyone. You would be surprised where the hit comes from. 
you would literally be surprised. And even to like with briefs, um, people feel like, oh, you're writing to briefs, it's not a real song. What's the difference with getting an email saying what to write about or being in a session and saying, hey, how about we write about cars? How about we write about colors? There's no difference. It's just an idea. The brief is the opening idea for you to, to where you start writing. And so just make authentic music from that. Oh my God. And your music is so good. I can't wait for all of you who are listening now that. The last thing I want to say as we're leaving is maybe one piece of advice that, and I'll, I'll start so that you have a chance to think. I was going to say one piece of advice you have for, for those listening who want 2022 to be the most epic year they've had yet. And I'm going to start by saying mindset, right? And then one action and my mindset for you. And then tomorrow I want to hear what would be your what would be your thing that you would give them as, as what they can do about it today, right? To make next mm -hmm. year most easier. And the first thing I'm going to say about the mindset is what you shared when you first got on, which is it starts with your belief. And when you were in my program, there were hundreds of people in that program. And I ran that program, I don't know, like 11 times, right? Thousands of artists came through the program. And there was a group of you that succeeded, right? And there were a lot of people who mm, they really wanted to, maybe they got a little bit further, but then they took two steps back. Mm -hmm. It starts with when she said before, it's here. I'm making a decision, like I'm gonna be successful, right? The money is there, it's a decision, like do you wanna be a part of it or not? That belief, like you really have to ask yourself, do you really even believe that it's possible, right? Because our beliefs dictate our behaviors and our behaviors will dictate the results of our life. And so the second thing I'm just gonna say as far as what to do is in order to foster that belief, I'm gonna say to you right now, whatever it is you wanna do, whether you wanna open a bakery or be a hand letterer or start your own yoga studio or work in music, look for evidence of three people today who are living that life and follow those people because the more evidence you see, the more it's going to help reinforce that belief so for you tomorrow, what would you say? What's your advice for people so that they can take from here and start walking toward that dream? I, I would say to embrace the no. I, I want to drill this home because I think a lot of people are so afraid of the no, they never try. And if you never try, it already is no. Like I need to, I need you to embrace the no because you'll take action to see if you can turn it around and make it a yes. Um, and that's, that's what you need to do. So what you can do today reach out to someone. I don't even just want to say dating. Like some people are so comfortable reaching out when it's for a date. Like they'll be uh, bold enough to say or ask for a number or something like that. Do that with your career. Do that with your school. Do that with your whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Like really go after something. Really ask someone for a collab. Ask someone for an interview. Ask someone for whatever it is that you need. Um, someone you've been trying to work with. Reach out. Get the rejection. It is so okay to be rejected. It is so okay for something to fail and just get up and try again try with someone else that's more willing try with someone else that's less experienced and so they don't have maybe as much ego and they're willing to work with you because they're on the same level so just take the action and see the no through because it could definitely be a yes that's one of the most powerful things i've ever heard i want everyone to write that in the chat right now what she just said because that no embrace the no write it down embrace the no I have often said this, and I really do think that it's the truth, is that the greatest obstacle is not a business issue. It's not a strategy issue. It's a courage issue. And it's yep. all about 
It is so innate that we are so afraid of being rejected because we were rejected, right? We were rejected. Mm -hmm. Our friends, our parent, whoever it was, there were moments, right? Some, mm -hmm. some worse, some better. Mm -hmm. And who would you be if you actually saw the rejection as a gift? And what is the gift on the from the rejection? It's, it's amazing what it is because it creates yes. you, right? If you could yeah. actually rejection as a gift, mm -hmm. now you no longer need them to like you. Right. How do you change your life? How could that completely change your life if you no longer need everybody's vote? Right? Mm -hmm. Now you don't have to waste bandwidth on people who and 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 like we've said before, up until this moment, when you meet someone, when you connect with someone, they have momentum from their entire life, their their mm -hmm. history, their story, their day, what happened to them yesterday. Mm -hmm. So they're just going to project a hologram onto you, right? And they and, and they may or may not like your music, right? Some people don't like Indian food. Some people don't like sushi. Some people don't like whatever it is. Some people don't want to take a trip to the Greek islands. It's not their thing. You have that too, right? There's yep. music you don't like. There's yep. people you would rather not spend time with. Mm -hmm. If that's okay for you, we have to let that be okay. And then we can just allow it, right? It's right. not a problem that you get rejected. It's a right. problem you think it's a problem. Right. Say that. <laughs> That's the problem. You think it's a problem when it's actually redirection. It shows you where to focus. Oh, I don't waste my energy there. I'm moving here because I haven't heard no from them yet. And go get all the no's. Like there will be one that is a yes. And it's such a big yes. You didn't need all the other no's. And that yes will introduce you to more yeses. So like go figure out where your yeses are. But you have to yeah. embrace the no's in order to keep going. When I got dropped from the label, they kept saying to me, oh, Kath, you know, the songs you write, they're not like these like power, like, like fierce top 10 billboard hits. And I was like, yeah, I was trying so hard. And Ron Fair, my producer at the time, he's married to one of the Pussycat Dolls. He wanted me to write with her. And I was sitting in this room like, oh, this is never going to work. I I'm never going to be able to write that. I can't be that. I just don't know how to be that. And cut to five years later, every ad agency I remember sitting at Leo Burnett at the top of the building in Chicago and okay. Chris said to me, we're so glad we found you because you're exactly what McDonald's needs. You're exactly what Target needs. You're authentic and you're genuine. And I'm like, oh my God. So it was a no over here. It's a yes over here. And I don't have to pretzel myself and be someone that I'm not. I could actually, you're right. It's a redirection, right? You'll find the people who appreciate you. So, all right, tell everybody where they can find you. Tell everybody the name of the book, Sing to Superstar. Let's, let's talk oh, about yeah. that and get the book. Okay, cool, cool. So from Sing to Superstar, I don't know if you can see it. This is the hardcover. There's a paperback available as well um, from singtosuperstar.com. Um, you can get the links to the ebook, the hard copy, paperback, all that good stuff, even autographed copies um, from the official website. And um, my website is TamaraBubble.com and my music is all on there. I probably have like over a hundred releases and I'm probably sitting on several hundred songs. I'm going to release some more of it because I love making music. I'm going to make some more of it because I love making music. I'm going to get it all placed and I'm going to let them pay for it for me. And uh, it's probably going to make me a superstar. So we're talking about it now, but we're going to take action and make sure that we back those words up. You're so incredible. And beyond the fact that you're really smart and you're a great musician, it's really your energy that has unlocked every door for you because mm. your energy is gold and it is generous. It is, it is so authentic. It is so giving. It's so loving. It's so fierce. It's so bold. 
and it's so genuine. And so I think that, you know, I don't want to forget to remind you and everybody who's watching that no matter how much you've learned and how much you've applied yourself, it's you. It's you. And I can see you having your own TV show. I can see you doing wow. anything that you decide that you're going to be willing to allow into your life. Mm -hmm. It's done. Right. Mm -hmm. And you get to just decide all those opportunities. God's going to send them your way and you're going to say, mm -hmm. but they're here. They're all done. It's all done because of you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for saying Thank that. you for coming on here and sharing with us and filling everything <laughs> up. This was the best. Awesome. Awesome. So good. Thank you so much. Guys, go follow Tamara. She's amazing and have an amazing rest of your day.